Stephanie Coxon. And I'm Kathy Anderson Martin. And we are two women influencing real life. So let's twirl. It is time for the New Year's resolutions. And as so many others, I have always set one and failed. And there is a huge statistic of people who cannot seem to keep them past a week. And so today we want to talk about that issue and bring on people that may be able to help us get through that issue. So I am Kathy Anderson Martin. And I am Stephanie Coxon. And we are two women inspiring real life. So let's twirl. Well, Stephanie, Happy New Year. And, um, you know, I did looked up some things because we like statistics. We do like statistics. Yes, we do. So um, of the people that make New Year's resolutions, 91% include something in the regards to improving physical health, losing weight, exercising more. So all of us. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> of the people. That Unless make- you're a baby. Well, you don't know better. And, and other people who just stopped making New Year's resolutions. They're the 9% who are like, I, I don't gotcha. even Does care. this include children? I mean, like I, what I popular? don't know, it's Stephanie. It's what a, kind of statistic is this? It's a statistic that we're using to that we don't really. Yes, but we don't 91% really. of people who are able to fill out the answer to whether they make a New Year's resolution okay. or not. Just right. want to clarify. Okay. So what's important about that is only 9% of those people achieve their resolutions. 23% quit after the first week. And 43% um, are done by the end of January. So that's some, um, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't following through. Most most of the people, nine out of 10 are not, are not, not following me. through. So I'm glad that, of course, is not us. Uh, never. Never. So today we have two guests and um, people, experts in the field of nutrition and fitness. And we welcome them. We have Amber Peterson who is a health coach and a national board certified health and wellness coach, bringing a decade of experience to the table, weaving together the powerful fields of functional medicine, mindful eating, and trauma healing. She's coached thousands of people over the past 10 years, helping them create sustainable change so they can live longer, healthier, and happier lives. And then we also have Patty Sibok with us. Patty has a lifelong interest and dedication to fitness, having gone to college on a basketball scholarship. She spent 30 years in corporate America in the fields of pharmaceuticals and health insurance, focusing on cardiovascular and diabetes therapies. In 2012, she and her husband, Brian, opened Precision Training Concepts, a highly individualized personal training studio. They added a second studio in 2019 and a membership-based facility. And they also partner with companies and corporate wellness initiatives to maximize employee fitness and have won numerous awards through their programs and facilities. That is awesome. Yes. See, I said we have experts with us yeah. and um, we're very And happy. I hope they keep us motivated at least through February 14th. Well, they That's will. Valentine's Day. And- so, yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. So we are here. And Amber, we're going to start with you. Since so many people have said they're interested in diet and losing weight for the new year, how do you recommend people start and uh, and get going in this initiative? Well, first off, thanks for having me here. Glad to be here. Uh, this is a joy um, to be invited. But I would say the first thing is to keep things simple. And I think we overcomplicate things. We make things hard. And so if it's not easy, we're, we're going to set ourselves up for failure. So, and, and we've got to have a plan. We've got to have a plan in place. So there's a lot I can go into that, but I think I think we try to do too much at one time. And that's why we've got these crazy statistics 
of people falling off the wagon early, you know, on in the game. So what do you think complicate? I mean, for me, I look at people, they're so used to convenience that that's really the complication. It's the convenience of the Arby's or the McDonald's or whatever it is. And there's nothing at one of those places that's going to help you meet your goals. So what do you think is the complicated portion for people? Well, I think you hit it on like straight on is that it's it's busyness. People need something convenient and it's going to work into their schedule. And if it's not going to fit into their schedule and their routine and it's too hard to do, then they're going to fall off very quickly. So with that, um, having a plan, right? So we've, we've talked about meal planning. I mean, that's probably overused so many times, but just something simple like having a salad, making it on, on Sunday, just having a big salad that will last at least three days. And you can go to the fridge and come home from work and, and have a salad. So um, keeping it simple is key. And, and if you're not a planner, if you like to be impulsive, do we have a response? Not that I'm identifying anyone here on this call. That is not me. I am not it. I love whiteboards and lists. Do not, do not, do no, not look do, at me. Okay. Oh, go ahead. So it may be someone else on this call. If we are not a planner and we like to do last minute things. So preparing on a Sunday salad may not be the best. What's our option? And I sh- I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like that, that like that. Right. Well, you know, I've got to say when we fail the plan, we plan to fail. It's just, it's just a true thing. I don't like you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kicked off. I'm (laughs) done. (laughs) Well, I mean, let's just go to something simple. Okay. So go, go buy a box of um, non-GMO granola bars and have those, have one in your purse. Can you do that, Stephanie? Can you stick like a, an organic non-GMO granola bar in your purse? Or a piece of organic fruit. Normally, I know this is what I actually do in all honesty is I have a little bag that 90% of the time I have on me. And I say that because I've had an incident this morning. Um, But usually there are some nuts in there, organic, and a piece or, you know, some fruit of some sort. Like that's usually I always have that on me, you know, but what I'm not great at is like making sure I have a full meal while I'm, you know, not at home. Well, and, and I think, um, like you bring up a good point. There are some ways that you can, you can, you know, work through that, like getting a salad at the store. I mean, there's pre-made salads right now. They may not be the highest quality with what's in there, but at least it's something. And that's, and that's the key is like, we want to keep it simple. Like, Hey, at least you're having a salad and you're not going to Arby's or fast food. So let's, you know, we definitely need to give ourselves credit for the things that we are doing. I think we can be really, really hard on ourselves and trying to be 100% strict or perfect or whatever, but but that's why we've got to have some wins right out of the gate that first week coming up, everyone. You know, this next week, go to the store and get some of those pre-made meals or a pre-made salad, something that's got, you know, the the fruits, the vegetables, um, some protein in there. And, and that's a, a great way to start. So what's three things we can implement that first week that would be simple, and help people kind of stay on the ride, so to say? Well, I mean, we can just review real quick what we talked about, like make something on Sunday. So whether that's a salad or maybe you you can even pre-make your smoothies. And those of you who do like celery juice in in the morning, instead of coffee, like myself, you could even pre-make some celery juice um, the night before. So there's a key right there. I know Kathy is like 100% on board with that. I, Amber, this weekend, I 
froze uh, 11 pounds of celery made into juice for mm. next week. And I'll talk more about that, but, but please go on. So pre-make things on Sundays. Yes. Wow. Yes. She's stunned. I am yeah, stunned. after speechless. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, yeah. So we talked about, you know, planning things on Sunday and looking ahead at the week and, and having Beautiful. those, those fresh fruits or vegetables for your snack instead of like, you know, a candy bar or something, just have that around in your purse or at the office. And then, um, obviously, you know, go and, and, and get those, those salads, those pre pre-made foods at the store if possible, because that's going to save a lot of, a lot of time and a lot of worry. Probably some money too, right? Yeah. I mean, over time it's going to be more expensive, but, but it definitely it's going to be cheaper going to the grocery store rather than fast food. So we'll come back to some more and um, I'll share some personal of what Amber's saying, how that has worked for me. Patty, you on the fitness side of it. So we have diet and, um, you know, keeping it simple, planning ahead. What about on the fitness side? So many of us say I'm going to exercise more and um, fail to do that apparently after one week. Well, hello, ladies. How are you? <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How many exercised already today? I did. I was walking. I exercised my mind. That's okay. That's okay. So as far as exercise, I agree with Amber with you want to start simple and you want to start with establishing goals, right? A lot of our clients who come in, they don't necessarily want to be running marathons. They want to be able to bend down, play with their children, their grandchildren, and just be mobile and active. And I think maybe we need to start by exchanging that word exercise with just movement. Find the movement that you like, find the movement that you enjoy. For Kathy, I know you're a big walker, you enjoy that, and you find I it do. easier. Right, and you find it easier each and every day to move. So start slowly with that, and then just... In addition, set those realistic goals. Um, in addition to that, I would say, guess what? Any movement is better than no movement at all. Uh, we tell our clients and we tell our members that motion is definitely the lotion of life. So you're saying you don't, so anything, whether you're walking, moving around, um, exercising, and you said don't use that word necessarily, is helpful and should be incorporated into every day or every week? Or how do you do that? You want to do it daily, Kathy. You don't want to be just saying, okay, I move for the day. Let's pick up on this uh, maybe next month. Every day, every day, find movement that you enjoy, that you can continue to do. Um, Stephanie, I was listening to you um, as far as making choices with food. That's hard for me. You know, I'm, I'm an on a go type of girl. So, you know, I tell my kids life's about making choices and sometimes we make great choices and sometimes we make not so great choices. So exercise has always been easier for me than making those great food choices. It's not impossible. It's an excuse sometimes. And I say, you know, excuses are like belly buttons. Everybody has one but it's definitely doable and achievable. Um, we find that individuals that just start and find that time, they're more 
likely to stay with it. Also, Kathy, you're doing something that more and more people should try to do that we find where our clients who exercise in the morning tend to get it done and accomplished because throughout our day, life happens. And sometimes if you plan to exercise in the evening while the kids are sick, oh, this meeting ran long. Oh, I'm stuck in traffic. Oh, I just want to go home. I'm exhausted. That if you can find that time perhaps earlier in the day to exercise, to move 20 minutes, walking, taking the dog for a walk. If you have resistance bands at home, if you're following a video um, and Googling that, do it. Do it as early as you can in the day before life happens. So oh, go ahead, do, you, do you need to be in the gym seven days a week? You don't need to be in the gym seven days a week, but you need to be active seven days a week. Uh, we find the individuals that do come into our, our membership-based facilities, they're coming three to four times a week. And they're uh, the most successful members are doing different types of exercising. They're not doing the same routine every day because yeah, that gets boring, doesn't it? So I'll ask you and then Amber, you know, because so many, so it sounds simple, just do it, eat the right things, plan ahead, you know, start your day with exercise. Since so many people fail, what do you think? And I think you touched on some, Patty, some of the roadblocks of people, um, you know, they start off, they're walking, they're exercising, and then they stop and the gym membership goes down. And then we'll ask Amber the same about eating and diet. Okay. So a big word that's been circling around um, in our membership-based facility, as well as when we sit down with clients, is the word account accountability. And a lot of people know what to do. And Amber, you'd probably agree with this. People know what they should eat, but they're not being held accountable to that we're implementing programs where we have an accountability partner. You have small group check-ins. You have somebody who is going to hold you accountable to say, hey, you know, let's go for that walk or let's go for that hike. Or, hey, I'll meet you at the gym at 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Accountability is a huge word. Your partner, you know, your husband, your wife. Who is holding you account accountable to make sure that you're doing the proper exercise and nutrition that you promised yourself and your family that you would do? Amber, what do you say about that? The roadblocks that people start off, you know, today they ate their salad and by the weekend they're um, eating French fries. So what are the roadblocks <laughs> that derail these plans? Oh, I can go into this um, for a long time, but, but I think, I think we need to know how our brains work. Like just the fact of knowing that the brain does not like change. So when we start to start to notice our excuses and notice, oh, my brain's trying to sabotage me. Okay, I see. Because the brain wants like really three things. One, to conserve energy. Two, to seek pleasure. And three, avoid pain, right? So seeking pleasure in food, avoiding pain with the exercise is trying to conserve the energy and not do too much and change too much. So, so if people could just understand how their brain works and see, oh, this is, this is a trick that my, my brain is playing on me, then they can get past the, the self-sabotage. And I think a big part of that accountability, also we need to reward ourselves because <laughs> we're like, our brain's like a monkey. <laughs> it's It's gotta be fed a banana every once in a while, right? Like, good job, you did it. 
So that's why when I'm coaching Kathy, I ask her, well, how are you going to reward yourself without food, right? In other ways, without food. I just, I have a disclaimer here since Amber brought that up. These two folks that are with us today have been transformative in my life and and you, Stephanie, as well. I'm with the three people who've been transformative in my health and so forth. But um, in 2018, Patty said to me, we've been friends for a while, you need to invest in your health health, because there was a lot more of me that would have had difficulty sitting on this little (laughs) stool that we're on in Stephanie's office. Um, And I took that to, uh, and we're going to talk about that, that invest in my health was something I hadn't thought of because we invest in, you know, um, other things, other things, our retirement, our homes, our education, but investing in our health, meaning I was one of those people that lost weight and then regained it, you know, by the June, I lost it and regained it plus 10 more pounds uh, because I didn't think of it as a long-term investment versus uh, something to do. And then I can go back to my normal way. Yeah. And then I connected with Amber who a lot of what she's saying, I took to heart and lost a good bit of weight. And then Patty can encourage me on the fitness side of it and um, have been transformative in my life. So the things they're saying, I've lived. That's what you've done. Yes. And it's been life changing. Well, I'm really interested, you know, in your bio trauma healing, because I do wonder how much of people's issues come down to trauma. I mean, for example, I've known women who have had to deal with some pretty significant sexual trauma who keep themselves heavier and personally sabotage themselves, perhaps because they they don't want to attract that attention or or something like that. So how do like how if, if someone is dealing with something like that, do you have like a technique or method to help those people kind of get over um, that sabotaging that happens? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, so it's a process. I mean, there's a lot of factors involved in the trauma healing process. Um, but, but the first step is to really feel safe in our bodies to create a felt sense of safety. So when we don't feel safe in our bodies, then we go to other measures to cope and that's like coping with food. Um, even over exercising is a way to cope. And so, um, you know, we can gaming, you know, all like online shopping, we can list all the things of, of dysfunctional ways to cope. And so, so creating a felt sense of safety in the body and being present in the moment instead of in the past or the future can help someone be able to get through some of the trauma, move through the trauma. So, and that would be like the first step really is to regulate the nervous system. Um, and, and that's where, like when we feel stress, we go into the sympathetic nervous system. But what happens, trauma is where we actually stay in the sympathetic nervous system. And then we can go into dorsal vagal, which is that chronic fight or flight freeze like system. So we want to be able to regulate our nervous systems to be able to move through the stress and come back into that homeostasis state. So creating a felt sense of safety means just dropping into the body. What is it that I'm feeling right now? And so it's getting into that, oh, my heart is pretty tense right now, or my heart is pounding really fast, and I have some you know, tenseness in my chest. Um, a really great grounding technique is called the 54321 grounding technique. And that's where you look around, you look at five things. What five things am I seeing right now? What what four things am I hearing and seeing or um, tasting and feeling and what one thing can I touch? And so it's just really getting into the the physicality of the body to be able to say, I am okay 
right here and right now in my body. And I think um, also, and I mean, I've had to think about this, that eating that thing or playing that game or buying that thing that you can't afford is not going to solve whatever you're dealing with as far as a trauma or hurt or hole in your life. It's such a fleeting moment of satisfaction. So you, I agree with you, Amber, you've got to get to really the root of what the problem is, or you could go for a walk. (laughs) But what, what do you guys think is the number one thing that people, that causes people not to follow through with their goals? Like if we could just one thing, like what, you know, we've set the goals, let's say we've planned, why is it a week or 30 days later? Are, are people not following through? Do you, have you guys seen patterns with what you do? I'll start. I'll start with the exercise portion of it. It sometimes it depends on what those goals are. They have to be realistic goals. And I'd rather see smaller goals being set and then achieving them. Hey, I walked a total of 30 minutes this week. I'm going to shoot for 40 minutes next week. Instead of saying, I want to be running a, a 5k when you're, you know, 50, 60 pounds overweight in a, in a month, your body is, isn't ready for that. So set smaller, um, attainable type goals, I think is, is very important. I, I touched on the far, uh, the part of, as far as accountability. I think you really need to be accountable for your actions, find that person. Um, and then just starting slower, and simplistic, break it down. It doesn't need to be these grandio- grandiose um, achievements. Amber, yeah. do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think to go along with that is um, it goes back to we forget really it boils down to how we want to feel. And so we forget, oh, I'm wanting to lose weight so I can feel more confident in my clothes where I can walk into a room and just like really light up the room. Oh, that's it's it's actually forgetting what we really truly want to accomplish. And maybe that why the the whole why the big why behind the goal is it's more about how you want to feel. Because if you think about it, emotion is just energy in motion. So it's just, it's just really truly what you want to feel at the very end of that goal. And so people maybe necessarily don't have that fully outlined as far as how they want to feel. And so when they, when they lose their vision of that, then they fall off the wagon. Does it help to write it down? <laughs> what do you think, Kathy? Yes, it does. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm the interviewer here. I, I, I'm the subject, but I, I'm like a, kind of like a spokes model for the two of them. Stephanie, yeah. in case and, you weren't aware. And probably expert by now as well. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Well, I have to say something about that just real quick. Cause I know um, I want Pat, Patty to join in on this too, but I was looking over my goals from this past year and I had written them all down and I review them frequently, but I went back again and reviewed them. And I was just amazed because I had completed some of those goals that I had kind of forgotten about, but I had, but because I had written it down in a sense, it, it came to pass because I had written it down. And you've heard the saying where if you just write it down, if if you don't write a goal down, it's just a wish. So writing it down is key. I love that. You know, this is completely off topic, but I'm going to say it anyway. I started writing my prayers down and then I went back like 10 years later and I'm like, oh my gosh, this prayer has been answered and this prayer has been answered. And it was the most amazing thing to keep me motivated writing my prayers out 
because I realized the significant change that happened from that. And I'm sure it's the same thing with your goals. Like, you know, just recognizing the goals that you forget about, but that come to pass that keep motivating you to continue to do it. It absolutely is, Stephanie. And I agree with you wholeheartedly on on all of what you said. And the, the one point I will add too is I wish people had a crystal ball and could see into the future of more of the medical problems and issues that they are going to develop if they don't exercise. And that was one portion we didn't talk about is just how um, medically and uh, the ability to exercise has to improve your health, not only physically, but, but mentally. And, you know, the rates on uh, depression and exercise. And I know I could go on and on and on, but, you know, I'll stop there. Well, and we will come back. We need to take a break, but we'll come back and talk more about this investing in our health for the long term, Uh, not just the short term, lose 10 pounds, but the long term. All of our shows go to podcasts typically a day or two after the broadcast is heard on talk radio. You can hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for us. You can find more about our show and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu nav bar at americaoutloud.news under our shows or schedule, and then you'll be in the know. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. 
We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. about or started to talk about investing in your health for the long term in a crystal ball that's in a just crystal fun. ball writing things yeah. down revisiting your accomplishing of what you yeah. accomplished or maybe didn't accomplish and- but i want to go back to the crystal ball you're going back to the crystal ball yeah because okay. i think that's huge and it's crystal oh fine <laughs> go ahead i like anything that sparkles go ahead so I want to, yeah i i think that you were onto something there patty before break that you know, if you could see the outcome of your decisions 10, 20, 30 years from now, it would completely transform your the decisions you're making today. Right. I mean, going back to when we started this conversation, you had asked, you know, what are one of the reasons why people stop either exercising or eating more healthy than they are? Because we're an instant gratification type of society. We want to see results instantly, but it's the long-term investment in your health that is most important. Uh, coming from a medical background, you know, we talk about cardiovascular disease, we talk about diabetes, we talk about osteoporosis, all types of diseases that could be minimized, not depleted totally, but minimized and um, through exercise and eating properly. Would you agree, Amber? Oh, a hundred percent. And, and I may be going on a little tangent here, but going back to (laughs) regulating the nervous system, I think this is, is huge right now is stress management. So if anyone wants to work on stress management over the next year, um, this is a little tidbit is, is being able to stay in a, not stay because there's times where we need to be able to move through those stressful states, but we need to come back to a homeostasis state, because if we stay in a stress state all the time, then that goes back to what Patty's saying. It leads to dis-ease within the body. It leads to, you know, a chronic disease, all these issues that are coming up. So, so we can eat and exercise and, and do all the things. And maybe some of these listeners are doing all of those things, but they still live in like a stress state that's still going to contribute an inflammatory response. And so learning how to be able to come back into that calm state is going to have a huge, tremendous, um, like healing effect on the body. You've talked, I know, uh, with a lot of the people you've coached Amber that have, and I know some of those people that have worked with you, a lot of them do have chronic diseases that can be managed better through nutrition or change their quality of life just by what they eat. Is that correct? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Most, you know, everything is stems from inflammation. And so, and believe it or not, exercise helps reduce inflammation to a, to a certain extent, right? When we, um, you know, listen to our bodies and how far we can push ourselves, but also that nutrition, definitely we eat high nutrient dense foods, 
like the leafy greens, the fruits, right? All, all of those things that, that we all know that we're supposed to eat, that's going to help reduce the inflammation in the body. And give us a better quality of life currently at now and into the future. Oh, yeah. Like really what we what we're doing right now, like say, you know, I'm, I'm pushing 50 here. What what I'm doing right now you is like going to push 30. Yes, I, I just want to put that out there. You look like you're pushing 30. She does. Obviously, yeah. she's eating leafy greens and fruit and so forth. Yeah, like yes. it's I wish everyone could see what you look like pushing. I mean, if yeah, <laughs> but please well, continue. You, I'll go on. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll keep going. No, I'm, I will say this, the plug for the celery juice every morning, celery juice, it works wonders, but, um, we're now, now I forgot, where were we going? <laughs> Inflammation. We don't want it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm doing right now, right. What you all are doing right now is going to show up in six, your sixties and seventies. And I used to work in a, a, a clinic, a wellness clinic, and most of our patients were in their 60s. And let me tell you, it was really hard for the provider and I to really change, like turn the the bus around from all of the the non-exercise, non-eating healthy through so many years. By the time they got to their 60s, it was a lot harder to turn around. It it's harder, but it's not impossible. And I I want people to feel that it's never too late to make those right choices, whether it's through nutrition or through exercise. I I speak because of, I see older individuals coming into our facilities and they're pretty creaky. I mean, they're either using canes or walkers. And I will tell you through some exercise going slowly, starting with stretching, we've seen improvement with um, individuals movement. And guess what? They start to be in better moods. Then once they start moving better, they want to start making better choices in what they're doing in other parts of their life, maybe including some of the the dietary um, uh, choices that they make. So it's wonderful to see because if you start that bust, like what you're saying, Amber, boy, does that ever pick up some momentum and it's like a domino effect. So I do want to encourage people that if they feel as though it's too late and I'm never going to get out of the way of these vicious eating cycles or this no exercise, that it's not, it's never too late. Well, and I think, you know, and this, this may be very shallow, but, uh, some, well, I, I've done a lot of changes. I know Amber, when she says, keep it simple, I am not one of these people. If you give me a 42 point plan, I'm ADHD, I'm out. Or I'm like, and I've even said to Amber over the years, like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And, um, but little, and I know she'd said to me, so it's the combination, like the micro and mac- macro. I remember one time early on in my weight loss journey, she said, how about in the morning, you just have a piece of fruit instead of pretzels? I was like, okay, I could do that. These little things that then compound. And she would say, someday you're going to want to eat vegetables. I was like, I don't think I am, but, mm-hmm. um, that did change. But on the other hand, I um, am motivated now by sitting in an airport and watching people that are maybe my age or older or looking at people on social media that are my age that look like heck or so many have passed away even at my age, you know, right, right. Um, and I don't want to be that person. And and honestly, with COVID, I just want to be healthy out of spite. Yes. 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 I I like that. (laughs) I like that part of you. Thank you. Yes. Since, you know, I was like, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not doing this or that. I just now want to be healthy just to just to I, be spiteful. I think people should know that Kathy does not like to hugs. 
hug anyone <laughs> or touch for that matter. But now, since she was told not to hug or be close to anyone, she hugs everyone. I do. Now I hug people. It's very disconcerting, but I do that. So we just have to tell her she she can't do something. And then that's part of you're the same in that regard. A little bit. Not as badly as you. Much more so. (laughs) I was not kicked off a plane um, during COVID, but that's another story. (laughs) (laughs) One of us was and not me, but I won't say who. So, um, you know, investing in your health and and the disease factor, I think, you know, in every facet, is it not true? I mean, every single thing, cardio, heart heart disease, um, arthritis, diabetes, um, and, you know, too, Stephanie, I mean, all of these things that are really debilitating diseases um, are environmental, really. Like 80% of our, over 80% actually, you know, people estimate at different levels, but between, let's say between 80 and 90% are really environmental factors, like what you're putting into your body, how you're living, you know, your life, that sort of thing. So really, you know, maybe about 10% of the time your genetics are playing a role. I think that people forget that really what you've learned is a lifestyle from your parents, that it's not necessarily genetics. And that's a hard, um, hard pill to swallow for some people, because that means we're actually responsible for the outcome. You know, we we don't just have a heart attack because our, our father had a heart attack and our grandfather had a heart attack and and so on. But there are actually taught behaviors from a very young age that we tend just to blindly follow. And so you have to wake up to whatever the contributing factors are and then change those. And I think that that's really what people need to realize and and be be okay with, because at that level, then you start to understand how you are responsible for your own health. And then you can start investing in it. Like you talk about, both of you talk about, um, in order to feel better, do better and have better outcomes 10, 20, 30 years from now, or even a year from now. I mean, absolutely. It, it doesn't take long to start getting results. When you stop getting sick, you know, every few months, you know, that's a huge, that's something you could do within the first year is just reduce your over, you know, reduce your ability to get sick and boost your immune system. Oh, I absolutely agree with everything that you said. Um, you know, some of those toxic cycles in your past, you need to identify them and say, you know what, moving forward, that's not going to be a part of my, part of my uh, future. And, you know, I can look back and even personally see some of those, you know, even coming off the holidays, you know, what traditions were with what you ate and and just overindulging that way. Um, And then just as far as as movement, you know, or lack of movement, I I think to myself, boy, I don't want to be that way. A lot of times you think you're either going to be exactly like your past or you're going to do a 180. And I chose to do more of a 180. So I can personally say, it's not easy, but it's doable. Yeah. And I think to go along with that, there's um, just some quick things, like quick tips as far as how to keep the brain going in that momentum. Like Patty said, that's, that's the old me. This is the new me and I'm going to create my future. Well, write it down, create a vision board. Like in my closet, I have like this board that has pictures, right. Of things that I want to achieve and accomplish. So, so put that up to where you're seeing it every day, um, have some non-negotiables too, every day where it's, it's, um, you know, having some downtime or meditative time, whatever it is, just to have these non-negotiables, like go for a walk, 
uh, get some sunlight, 15 minutes of sunlight, just really like simple things where, you know, you can incorporate it into your routine and it's like a non-negotiable. You just, you do it because you love yourself enough to get it done. You know, you mentioned um, planning and both of you, you know, to plan, whether it's meal preparing, you know, planning to take your food with you to work, uh, Patty exercising. I think very much, and I'm very guilty of this. People do, they say, I don't have enough time for anything, but they do what is important to them. So, you know, there are some people that say, I can't, like, I I can't stand scrapbooking. And if you're scrapbooking, I apologize to all the people that I may have offended. I do not accept your apology. I'm sorry. I just like, like or any kind of photo albuming stuff. I don't like that. So I don't do it. Can I do it? If it were important to me enough, I would plan time to do it. So at some point you just have to, um, you know, we do what's important to us. And if our health is important to us, we will make the time, whatever that is, whether to take a walk or to prepare a meal. Do you agree with that? Oh, I absolutely. Go ahead. Go ahead, Amber. Yeah, I a hundred percent like prioritize. I prioritize my health and, and that, that is key, but I think it's also making some life hacks. And, and I just wanted to mention like one of my hacks is I sleep in my exercise clothes to where I, so I put on my exercise clothes, my pajamas the night before they're clean. <laughs> That's I good to know. Up. Thank you. No, I'm clarifying that they're not the ones I wore the day before, but they're, so I wake up and all I have to do is put on my tennis shoes. Like, like how easy is that? Right. So, I mean, yes, like keeping it simple and, and prioritizing and just those, those life hacks make it, they become a priority. That, that has actually helped me. I keep my sweatshirt on, on the bathroom vanity, you know, what I'm going to wear. So I'm out the door in five minutes with my walk and it's become part of my day, but it's right there and ready to go. That, right. Those are good tips. Yes. Yeah. And I hate the food prep. <clears throat> I absolutely hate it. But guess what? I would always pack my gym bag. So I agree with you, Kathy. You're going to do what you like to do. So that's a little win for me. I'm not as good in my food choices, but I try to make up for it in my exercise. And acti- a little activity is better than no activity. And at least in the big picture, whether it's through the diet or through exercise, you're making those healthier choices for a better future. And um, the little things, you know, as, as like being ready to go to the gym or take a walk, as Amber said, the same thing I do to have that ready. But even with food, to have the fruit uh, fruit bowl on the table, um, you know, a cleanse of the refrigerator. It's the um, Stephanie and I both talked about yesterday, throwing things out. I think you said the same, Patty, of, you know, sweeping clean of all the special treats we had over the holidays. I didn't fully do that, I must admit, because those cookies took a lot of work to make. <laughs> So, I just you know, my family hates me, hates me my whole life. Like if someone has a birthday, we get a birthday cake, but I throw it away that that evening, like it's done. And so, and I get yelled at, I've, I've been yelled at it for years. All my kids will attest to this. That's like their number one thing that they hate about me. And last night I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to leave the cake there and see what happens. Well, no one put it away in the fridge anyway. So guess what's happening today? It's going in the garbage and it's not my fault this time. Just, yeah, and, and that's a good point. I feel guilty because I've made these changes the past couple of years, but I did not have these changes as a good example to my kids. And um, if you could speak a little bit about, you know, while we say we're investing in our health for ourselves and our future, 
that also carries into our family. And what, and you said that, Stephanie, about learned behaviors and things that we replicate from our family. Um, do you speak a little bit about that, of, you know, of what you've seen, if people live a healthy lifestyle, how that carries over to the kids and or not? Patty, do you want to start? Sure, I'll start with the exercise component of it. Um, and just from my own experience, I came from a very active family, but didn't make good food choices. And so I was able to um, uh, instill upon my children more of, hey, let's be active, let's be involved. And then as they got older, I've, I have three adult children, I noticed that they weren't making as healthy uh, food choices. And that made me sad because that was me. That was me as a parent where I felt I should have done a better job in teaching what our healthier food choices. Now, since then, uh, we, we've corrected course on that, but absolutely you are a product of your environment. Yeah, I, I agree with that as far as like the the things that we carry over from our, our family. My, my family really prioritized dinner time together. Um, I love the saying families that eat together, stay together, families that pray together, stay together, you know, all those things. But that was our time where we really gathered around the dinner table. And so we did that um, as I raised our, my husband and I raised our children together, like around the dinner table. And so we would try to have a warm meal on the table. But I tell you now that there are, most of them are grown up and out of the house. I am struggling to have <laughs> that warm meal on the table because there's not as many of them anymore. And so, but, but I have found that they, my older kids do, they are now doing that for their families and they are, they are cooking and they are carrying on the same tradition. And so, and that it's very similar to what we had, you know, healthy, nutritious, there's, you know, always a vegetable there and, and, and they have refined palates. I'd like to say that they know a little bit more, you know, navigate around the kitchen or around the grocery store and, and food. And so that that's really nice to see. Obviously, there's always room for growth. And, um, you know, as as they continue to grow and change and and gain more knowledge about health and wellness, they're they're going to grow in that area as well. So it's been had, it's been really fun. I had two rules that I think have really helped me. And I wasn't always uh, at, you know, at the same place I am now. So I started at a place where I I was going to Wendy's or McDonald's or whatever every day and having a Dr. Pepper because that was delicious at the time, you know, and that sort of thing. But the things that I always said with my kids is one, I never allowed them to have soft drinks. I will not serve a kid a soft drink because I think it's that toxic. Like I just refuse to partake in that part of culture because I think it's probably the worst, one of the worst things you can do. But the other big thing that I always did with my children is I never got them kids meals. I think it is such a disservice when you're out to give your kids a kid's meals because it's always fried yellow food there. They never offer them anything nutritious. And so what your kids learn is that, you know, when you're eating out, you get to have, you know, essentially junk food. They don't develop the taste for other things. But I think because of that, like my two youngest will literally, they, you can put something in front of them, they eat it and they don't complain. Like they just eat whatever it is that's in front of them. They've also literally, I think maybe once or twice because they're with grandparents or something like that, had kids meals. That was just not something that they were allowed to have. And my older children, when they are with me, were not allowed to have kids meals either. I just, I think they're the most ridiculous things that are served to children. And it shocks me. It shocks me when people give kids candy though, too. So there's that. <laughs> I, I'm not shocked. And I did not do that as well, but please comment on that. 
I did give my children kids meals out of <laughs> out of that word convenience. <laughs> now, as adults, fortunately, thank the Lord that uh, they make better food choices. My daughter was home over the holidays and she noticed noticeably looked thinner. And I go, Antoinette, I said, you just look wonderful. And I said, what have you done? She goes, mom, it's all about portion control and walking my dog. So <laughs> congratulations. Yes. So I was proud of that. Summed up. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's great. Like she was learning, um, you know, her fullness meter. I tell my kids at the dinner table. So, so if you were to finish your meal right now, would that carry you over till breakfast? And so I'm trying to teach them to, to be in tune with their, their cues. Right. So that that's one of the other things about my hope that when they grow up too, that they have these, these cues. And so my, my kids will say, yeah, I'm, I'm up to here. And, you know, I'm like, they'll put their hand up to their, the top of their head. I'm full. I'm, this is going to carry me over. So I think just having those discussions too, as a, as a family is, is, is really good to help them in their adult life. And we've talked about that numerous times. We've done um, shows on education and so forth. You have to talk to your kids and you brought up a very good point because it's not just physical health, but mental and emotional health. Amber, you said about having time as dinner um, there uh, together. That was always something we emphasized in our home. And there are all kinds of studies. Um, I've been a nonprofit for the past few years and um, written grants. The the effect of having dinner or a shared meal or time together around the table or whatever um, is huge in terms of addiction, um, lower percentages of addiction and bad decisions and so forth. And that is just huge uh, in terms of, um, you know, that family time you have to have and people don't do it and they really need to do it. So um, we talk about kids and investing in our health. Um, Patty, you had mentioned to me one time, you also have to feel strong. You always said to me, you need to feel strong when I started doing some of the um, walking and resistance training. And I was like, I don't know what she means. You know, what does she want me to do? Go move a sofa, you know, <laughs> but um, you say you have to feel strong. So what exactly do you mean by that? And what, what, what is that? What no, people feel like that? No, I wasn't implying that you need to go move a sofa, but it was more of a comment around feeling confident, feeling confident in your own body, feeling confident that, you know, you can go out and accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish in the world today, Kathy, and being in good physical health, that's a gift. And, you know, you don't want to use and abuse that gift, but you want to maximize that gift. So whether it's through everything that we're talking about today, through exercise and, and through proper nutrition through your body, um, then, then that's what's feeling strong, that you can feel as though that you can accomplish what you want to accomplish uh, physically, mentally, emotionally. It's that all-encompassing feeling of, you know what, empowerment. I'm glad to hear you say that because I tried to like buy a safe yesterday <laughs> and that did not, I felt very weak. Right. You couldn't lift the safe? No, I okay. couldn't. I couldn't even get it off the shelf. It wasn't a big <laughs> safe. It was, a small, and I'm like, what? what, what did you use your legs when you were lifting? No, <laughs> <laughs> apparently not. Did you just walk out of the store? 
no, I had to go get people to help me. It was actually a very bad experience overall. I have to admit the, the cost, <laughs> Costco was not helpful. They're like, go find someone on the floor. They wouldn't call someone for me. I'm like, this, this is a service. We can maybe talk about this after. Yes. Yes. That goes back to Amber's trauma. Yes. Trauma. It was a little <laughs> traumatic, situation. but yeah. it felt very weak. So I'm glad you clarified because right. that right. was not my finest moment. <laughs> Do you have any comments on the nutrition side of that, Amber, with that feeling strong and kind of confident and how that affects or the nutrition can affect that? It, well, well, a couple of things, you know, we talk about strength and I think part of us feeling strong is feeling like we have control, control over food, you know, not letting food dictate our lives, but we're actually, we have power in a sense to say yes and no. Um, so to me, that also helps me feel strong in that sense is to have um, power over food. Um, and with that just comes, you know, with that increased nutrition comes increased energy, increased mental clarity to be able to show up for, for our kids and our loved ones and, and to be able to live life fully because we have that, that, um, that strength within us, that capacity. I like to use the word capacity, the capacity to show up because we are feeding our body what it needs. So it really is a body, mind, spirit, soul kind of connection. I mean, it's, you can't do one without the other. 100%. Totally agree. So how, you know, in terms of new year's resolutions, you know, the majority of people are clearly, it's about physicality, you know, and trying to shift their, their, body shape or whatever, but really they also need to shift their thinking. They need to shift um, perhaps their, the spiritual side because, you know, or, or emotional side or, or whatever else. Uh, does that have to be part of the plan you think in order to get success? Um, well, I think, I think it is. I think it's a hundred percent part of that success because thoughts create everything First starts with a thought and an emotion and an emotion then drives actions and results. So if we're wanting to accomplish a goal, like losing weight, that, that would be the end goal, the result, then we've got to change our thinking. We've got to change how we think about ourselves, how our relationship with food and, and exercise, and then that will trickle down into seeing the results that we want to have. And you've said to me a hundred times, uh, Amber, because I'm a stress eater and a social eater. That's my issue. Will that solve the issue that you're dealing, that stress, eating that cookie will not solve whatever you're dealing with. And, you know, having, I mean, remembering that is, is key. Um, so you're right. It's all starts in the brain. Yeah. I, I will admit I was, so we are celebrating my daughter's birthday yesterday. We went out and I was not going to have any desserts. But the restaurant brought, you know, free dessert over for us to try, but half of my family couldn't eat it because they were allergic to something in it. And I felt guilty that there's like six pieces of cake on the table and no one is touching it. So I'm like, okay, I'll take one for the team and I'll eat it. You know, so I have that, like, I don't know how to get out of those situations when people make me something or are so generous. Oh, like, that's where I, I, like str that. yeah. I struggle with that. And it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, it just doesn't matter. I, that's where I really, really struggle. And let me tell you, people are nice to me a lot. And that's my biggest, I mean, I'm always getting these like little, and I just, I want to make them feel like they did something nice for me. And so I'll have it. So final as we, that's a huge one. We probably should have talked about that for half an hour, but um, 
as we wind down this last minute, just 30 seconds of what you would advise people, because everybody's in the same boat. We all struggle with the same things. And I'll start with you, Patty, 30 seconds. What should people do? Okay. The first thing that they should do is just to start. And by starting, it doesn't mean you have to climb that mountaintop. You'll get there. You go slowly, but you go and you continue to go and you don't listen to those little demons in your head that Amber talks about that are deterrents. Make very achievable goals, make smaller goals that you can achieve and then set a new goal as far as movement and exercise. Find an exercise that you like to do. You don't have to do everything, but find a movement that you enjoy doing and keep doing it. Amber? Yeah, to go along with that, just um, create an easy win. So we want you to feel that accomplishment energy of I did something. So getting 15 minutes of sunlight on your face or going for a 20 minute walk, just really simple, like Patty's saying, we want to keep that momentum going, but just start small and create that simple fast win. We thank you so much. And I, again, I'm a personal story of saying everything they're saying, uh, and it was for me over a period of years, but it was life transformative. So it can be done. If I can do it, anybody can do it. And as we say, wherever you are, however you can, for the sake of your own health and well-being, stand up, step forward, and speak out. <laughs>